You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, well, that's normally him. And I'm frankly, I'm not even sure if he's going to be a part of this podcast yet or not today. Um, I haven't kicked him off permanently, but it could come to that. Uh, instead, we're going to have Esther Scott Workman. Now, do I call you Esther Scott or just Esther, by the way? I There's really no right or wrong. I The only reason I use my middle name is I just think it's really unique and just kind of a fun way to differentiate on Twitter, I guess. So you can call me whatever you like. I, I like Esther Scott because... Um, it, first of all, it kind of makes you sound like you're related to Francis Scott Key just by a weird middle name thing. And my daughter has okay. a double name. I, have a, I know it doesn't really make you related to him at all. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I have a daughter with a double name, Mary Sanford. So, uh, you know, and it pisses me off because she lives in Ohio now and nobody calls her. Everybody calls her Mary. And I'm like, your name is Mary Sanford. And, yep. you know. I'm not a historian or anything, but I think the Civil War was all about double names. So it yeah, was, gonna... and being from the South, that's that's obviously a huge thing. So I'm sure my mom would be happy to hear you calling me both. Um, but it was my it was my grandmother's name. So generation generational, very Southern. I'm, I'm hitting all the the buckets. Man, and I'm going to tell you. So your grandmother's name, okay. This has nothing to do why I'm having you on the podcast, which we'll get to in a second. <laughs> but okay. I, I'm, now I'm interested in this. That see, I had a grandmother, and her name was Gary G A R Y, like the man's name. But she was from South okay. Carolina, and apparently, the cool thing to do was to name women occasionally men's names. And I, I mean, I'm down with it. You know, like you can have, I mean, Andy McDowell, right? I mean, you can have women with men's names and men with women women's names, whatever. But I thought it was very unique in her time to have the name Gary, because I've never heard of another woman named Gary, but whatever, maybe there's a bunch of them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely think that the the male names for a female is, you know, a trend that is kind of starting back. I mean, again, I don't know if it ever existed, except it sounds like maybe your grandmother's name was Gary. My, my grandmother's name was Scott. So, um, I, I've always said that, again, I really am drawn to the Scott. I think it's really interesting. So depending on, you know, my offspring in the far, far away future, you never know. I mean, I might have to pull it back out. I think that could work. I mean, look, Scott, yeah. Scott can work. I mean, you don't want to name her Franklin or anything, but, or, you know, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I think Scott can work. Um, all right, Esther Scott, let me tell everybody while we're having you on here, okay? Jim, look, the biggest Alabama news wasn't Alabama making the Sweet 16. It wasn't uh, the commitment of Charles Bediaco. It wasn't the, the scrimmage that the football team had or the Alabama women's team in the NCAA tournament. It was none of that. The biggest Alabama news, shoot, for I mean, really in a while to me, is the untimely passing of Luke Ratliff. Um, I didn't know him. I've, I've been clear about that. Uh, Jimmy didn't know him. He's been clear about that. But what we do believe, and 
We both believe this with all our hearts. He was the kind of fan we all need to be. And um, he walked a very fine line of being creative with his fandom, evidenced by the fact that coaches like Frank Martin, who seems like a, a real military, very serious dude, and then Bruce Pearl, who obviously is is very has become a full fledged AUB, uh, both of them tweeted their condolences about uh, Luke Ratliff, aka Fluffopotamus, and I thought that was very cool of both of them, and I thought it was also very telling of what kind of person. Luke Ratliff was. And so I, I just want to give you the platform, our little small platform, to tell our listeners what you thought of Luke, because you did have a lot of interaction with him. Yeah, no, I, I, I really appreciated you reaching out. And I think, um, to your point, obviously, this whole situation has been very unexpected, very tragic, very just heartbreaking for people that knew him and didn't know him. I think that's the thing about Luke is he is his legacy and his memory is bigger than, you know, the, the simple fact of whether you knew him or not. The fact that so many people that never met him or only met him through Twitter or, you know, only met him once in real life, but didn't have more of a relationship than that, that the fact that all of us are feeling this loss and are mourning, not only him, but mourning for his family and are really just, feeling the weight of all of this personally, I think says a lot about him. And, you know, you kind of, you kind of said that, that he, he was someone that was, was bigger than basketball. He was bigger than sports. Obviously that's kind of the platform that, you know, gave him the fame or the, the super fandom, whatever you want to call it. But I think the really special thing about Luke um, is that as much as he loved Alabama basketball, which, he did to the nth degree, you know, he cared about, loved, knew, you know, invested in the players, coaches, ball boys, managers. Um, and all of that is very admirable in itself. Um, but I think the thing that goes beyond that, that really obviously makes this in, incredibly difficult to process is he was just an incredible person. Um, he he loved his family. Um, I don't know how much y'all have read or know about his family, but his um, younger brother um, has some disabilities, and Luke was his number one cheerleader, um, was always, you know, helping him with, you know, whether it be Special Olympics or, you know, just having really great sit-down conversations with him because, you know, his brother can't really – um, process a lot of what is going on, but his brother knows when he watches Alabama basketball that he gets to see Luke, and that's so fun for him. And so, I mean, that's him, you know, just as a family man, but, you know, him as a friend, the, the few times that, the few times at the very beginning of our, you know, very brief friendship relationship um, that I met him, he truly made me feel like we had been friends for our entire lives, you know, he, he really kind of shuts down everything else going on um, when you meet him. So if, if we're at the bar, if we're at a game, if we're tailgating, he is ignoring all of the ancillary things going on. And he is fully invested in you and in the conversation and in getting to know you, which 
obviously is is you know the I think with this is like such a taboo thing to say, but with social media and with everything being digital, it's really hard to find good connection these days. And I feel like Luke has somehow honed that. And, you know, I don't know if that's just his personality. I don't know if it's because of the relationship he has with his brother where he has to be, you know, very um, keyed in physically and mentally to, you know, have a great relationship with him. But whatever it is, you know, I'll, I'll never know the secret sauce, but he's just, one of the most genuine people I've ever known um, just cares about you as a person, whoever you are, it could be me, it could be you, it could be a random fan that he meets at a game. You know, we'll, we'll stop and chat for as long as they want to, take as many photos as they want to. Um, and, you know, I, I've seen it, you know, make people's day because, you know, they think so highly of him. And in, you know, those brief few moments, he thinks so highly of them as well. It's a very mutual um, I guess, affection and um, interest in the other. And so uh, he, he really was just one of a kind. That's really the only way I know how to describe him. And um, it's really sad that we didn't get to enjoy him for longer. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad he is out of pain. Obviously, COVID has um, brought a lot of negative uh, impact into people's families and lives. And so I'm glad that he didn't have to suffer with it anymore because, you know, I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But, you know, I am very unselfishly upset and feeling the loss. And I think we all are just because he was so young and had so much life to live and so much more to do. But, um, but yeah, he was, he was just, he was great. That's, I, I can keep saying that over and over again. Esther, I've got to do this because I'm literally contractually obligated. Um, I need to yeah. stop for a second and just say that uh, I want everybody to go check out betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is where you want to go. Use the promo code Locked On. You'll get a fifty percent uh, bonus to whatever you put in. So if you put in a hundred bucks, you get to play with one hundred and fifty bucks. If you put in two hundred and twelve dollars and thirty eight cents. You get to play whatever 50% more that is. I'm not doing the math for you. You get a calculator. We all got iPhones. You can do it, not me. So go check out betonline.ag. Go give them a whirl. You can play poker. You can bet on uh, future Final Fours. Obviously, they're not going to let you bet you on this past one. It's already happened. That's too late. You missed it. But you can bet on a new Final Four later on. You can bet on European soccer. You can bet on reality TV. I'm not kidding. You can bet on reality TV. I don't even know what all reality TV shows are out there. Bachelor, is it still on? Is it still a thing? I don't know. But you can bet on it. I promise you they have a whole six section dedicated to that. You can play poker. You can play blackjack. You can play roulette. You can do all these cool things on betonline.ag. We appreciate them with the Locked On Family Networks. They've been sponsoring us for a while. We always tell people to go check them out first. I'm telling you, I've done some different gambling sites. Betonline.ag is the best. Go check them out. Use that promo code locked on for that 50% welcome bonus. Also want to tell everybody to check out Kaleidoscope Media, K-A-L-media.com. Look, I've been telling y'all for a, a while that these this couple, Michael and Cassie Moore, down there in Baldwin County, Alabama, they, they've set up shop with this Kaleidoscope Media where they are helping you with your design. They're helping you with your architectural visualization needs. They can do it. Michael served two tours of duty in Iraq. He's a decorated disabled veteran. He would love to hear from you today. Cassie would love to hear from you, his beautiful wife. 
They want to talk to you about how they can help make your remodel come to fruition. They are good people. They're talented people, even more importantly. KAL-media.com. KAL-media.com. They're big Alabama fans, we assume, because they're advertising on this podcast. I haven't confirmed that yet. But even if they're not, they're good people. So, I mean, you can, you can still be a good person. And they are good people. Go check them out. KAL-media.com. Tell them you heard about them on the Locked On Bama podcast. Okay, back here with Esther Scott Workman. I didn't, honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth, Esther. Um, I didn't know if, if this would be a home run or a dud, but so far you've hit two out of the park. Uh, you're working on <laughs> on uh, a, a four home run game. If, if we're going to keep this going, I, I had really said to myself, you know, sometimes you get a guest on, and I, I didn't know you at all before this. I mean, like, this is just me and you meeting each other uh, virtually for the first time ever. And, um, man, I really love the way you, you got away with words, girl. I appreciate it. Jimmy Stein said he knows you as my usual, usual co-host on this podcast. And, um, he said that you're in sports marketing. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. You sound like a marketing girl. And if, look, I'm going to tell everybody right now, if you're listening to this, go follow Esther Scott Workman. I don't what, let me look up your Twitter handle. Do you know it off the hand, off top of your head? It's Esther Scott. Oh, just Esther, add Esther Scott. You can't beat that. It's no, there's, add Esther Scott. <laughs> there's an H in the Esther. There's an H in the it Esther. Is. And it's it's like E-S-T-H-E-R. You can't get any easier than that. She's a fun follow. Look, it's a pretty girl finishing off a mimosa for her profile pic. You can't beat that. You can't beat it. So um, go follow her and keep up with her. She's a good Bama girl. She is a... a um, I would say a, a gumpette. I mean, I, I, that's kind of cool for you younger folks. Y'all like to call each other gumps. I thought that was kind of derogatory, but now I think we're all embracing it, aren't we? Yeah, I think it has definitely turned to the corner of, you know, maybe it was a diss for the OBS back in the day, but now we've embraced it and we, we own it. So, I mean, what are they going to call us, Bammer? Like, ooh, scared. <laughs> Yeah, they really did have to. I mean, Forrest Gump did give them. They did give them a layup, right? <laughs> it just gave them a freebie. I mean, they didn't even have to get creative with that. Forrest Gump did it for them. We kind of gumped ourselves, and I think we've embraced it. And I dig it. Um, I want to go back to Luke here for a second, Esther. Um, so, how did you get to know him? How did I get to know? And now I'm having to think about that. I mean, he and I have known each other for a few years now. Um, but honestly, I mean, I think it's kind of the way that most things, you know, go on Twitter. I think we had just had several back and forth through different, you know, mentions um, in terms of, you know, different comment threads and us commenting on several people's stuff and just kind of realizing that each one of us was interested in what the other was saying on Twitter. And um, I, I was really close to... Aaron Suttles and several people um, on the media side of things, the the beat writers that, you know, obviously uh, he is so hooked up and always is looking at high school recruits that we're looking at and knows the media guys so well. And so there were several mutual connections there. And I'm pretty sure he just invited me to his tailgate in Tuscaloosa one time. And I, and kind of like you said, I was, thinking like, okay, like, I'll, I'll go and meet him. But you know, I, I don't know this person, I could definitely show up and it just be kind of weird and uncomfortable. And like both of us, you know, are just kind of wondering why the other's there. 
but we hit it off and, you know, we've been close ever since I'd say, and just kind of, you know, keeping up with each other from afar and checking in whenever we're in Tuscaloosa or Daphne or New York or wherever it is. So um, not, I mean, it's, it's just the, the miracle of Twitter. Yeah. Twitter has become a way it's like um, a less sexually aggressive Tinder. <laughs> you know, yes. I mean, it's just a way to, to actually meet people without all the, the tense physical attraction stuff, no matter what. I mean, you could just sort of be friends. And yeah, Twitter's got its downside, too. I mean, it, it does. I, I mean, it's, it, but it's also got oh, yeah. some hilarious. And it sounds like that's where Luke really took off is. The whole he he was good at this social media thing, man. He and he and uh, Hunter are two of the the gumps that are like kings of social media, right? Yes, top of the top. Um. So when did you know? Because you said something about Luke that that really struck me. And this, I actually wrote this question down. When did you know he was genuine? And I say this because, you know, it's so hard to toe that line to be funny and creative for the long haul. Like anybody can wear a, you know, a big owl suit to the game one time or, or paint their face or have a, a man skirt made out of uh, shakers or something, a one-time thing. Luke went and like every game he was on TV, every game he was into it. It didn't make a damn if Alabama was playing Alabama state, Texas A&M, Duke, Kentucky, He's there, man. He's there front and center, and he's going to have some things to say. Now, he's not going to talk about anybody's mama. He's not going to, you know, go over the top, but he's going to be funny. And it's it's really difficult to toe that line in today's era of being a fan, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, like you said, Luke, Luke managed to um, heckle and jab while still remaining respectful and to you, to your point, you know, Frank Martin and Bruce Pearl are tweeting about his passing. So clearly they appreciated, you know, his fandom, even if it meant, you know, a little bit of extra grief on their end. Um, but in terms of, you know, when I knew Luke to be genuine, I, I can think of several examples and, you know, I won't bore you with all of the stories, but I think the one that really stands out to me that really kind of, I guess, will show a different side of Luke as well to, you know, your listeners or, you know, anybody that didn't know him on this level. But Luke was very open, and, you know, I don't think he would care that I share this because you, if you look back through tweets, he mentions it a few times. Um, and in Cecil Hurt's article, he mentions it as well. But Luke struggled a lot with anxiety. And um, it was it was sometimes debilitating for him in the sense that, you know, he, you know, didn't feel comfortable doing things alone or didn't feel comfortable when, you know, something like a game had just happened and all of the excitement and then all of a sudden, you know, everyone leaves and, you know, you kind of go on with your night or your day, whatever that looks like. And it was just hard to come down from the excitement and the energy of all of that to just kind of go home and, you know, have a, a boring old afternoon. And I think that 
the the highs and the lows were really were really difficult for him and he was like I said very open about that and I had expressed him at one point um that you know I dealt with something similar and that um it you know wasn't necessarily caused by the same things and didn't look the same way but you know that I was very open and honest about the fact that, you know, I go to therapy and that I love therapy and that I feel like if anyone is interested in it or thinks that, you know, the stigma of what it looks like or what it sounds like is, you know, very untrue and, you know, that anyone should try it if they're interested and, you know, it's expensive and it's hard to open up about that sort of stuff, but it really does change your life. And again, Luke and I were able to really bond over that, which, you know, there are several other things that we had in common that we were able to bond over. But I think something like that, having those conversations, which are very hard and very vulnerable, really open you up to building really strong connections with people. Because when you, when they understand what you're going through and you understand what they're going through, it just lends itself to, to great friendships and to great relationships. And um, anyway, it, it just reminded me that, again, as big, bigger than life that Luke was and as, you know, big of a super fan and as cool and popular as he was or whatever you want to call it on Twitter, you know, he was a real person at the end of the day. And he struggled with things just like everybody does. And um, I think that's something that, you know, not that it needs to get a lot of, credit or, you know, attention, but that when you, you know, kind of strip away everything else that, you know, he's a, he's a regular person like all of us. And that the fact that he's able to talk about that and talks about it, you know, very openly and want people to know that, you know, it happens for him. It's, it's normal. It's not anything that you need to be ashamed of, but these are the steps that he's taken or that I've taken or that anybody else has taken to kind of help alleviate whatever that looks like. Um, I think that's very brave of him. And I think it, again, just shows his um, interest in his um, caring for other people because a lot of times that could be seen as a weakness. And I think he was very proud to share that, you know, he wasn't perfect and that, you know, he, he did struggle. So that was, that's really the one example I would give. And again, I have several more where, you know, he was just, just the most honest and raw and real guy. You know, that, that really um, hits home for me. And and the more I hear about this young man, the more I wish I had uh, gotten to know him somehow, some way it would, it, I mean, I guess it'd be weird. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm more than double his age and whatever, but um, you know, I think that the, Alabama fandom could have brought us all together a little more because the reason I say this, and again, not to sort of join in with the, Hey, me too, look at me thing, but I I deal with anxiety. I deal with depression, take medication for all of it. I have for a while. I, and it's even been, it's been very difficult as, as somebody at my age, um, because you do feel like there's a stigma with it. The, the more I've dealt with different therapies and, and medication, the more I've realized, you know, this is, this has such been such a good thing for me. It did, you know, it's, you're almost, it's so easy to open up now in therapy. And I'm like you, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of it. I, if you, 
you got to embrace it. I mean, you can't go in there and tell lies. I mean, you got to go out there and tell the ugly truth. But once you do right. that, it is very, um, ooh, it's, it's a sense of freedom that you just can't, you can't buy. And uh, once you do that and, and recognize some of your own faults um, and begin to address them, then it makes you feel get a hand. And there is no magic pill, literally, to turn everything around immediately. But there is, um, it, it does help. And so I would, that that's a great, great story out there uh, to get that out there about him. Because again, I think that, see, I mean, you see Luke uh, in, 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 on TV all the time, the camera captures him in these moments of where he's like literally in ecstasy because Alabama's winning and he's, he's leading the charge. And you look at him and you're like, man, that guy's a, that guy's with it. That guy's a leader. He's got it going on. He's got it together. And inside he may be fighting this other battle that you have no idea about. And it's one of those things where people always go, I I had no idea. Well, he's he's not letting you see that side, but he did let you see that side, Esther. And I think that's very important. I think that's that's cool that Cecil put it in his article, and that's cool that you talk about it right now because I, I do know that there are people listening to this podcast right now that know exactly what I'm talking about, and they haven't addressed it yet. And I, and I hope that they will. But um, we got one. I want to do one more quick segment with you, Esther. But before I do that, I need to tell everybody about Built Bar. BuiltBar.com. Uh, look, go check them out. I'm telling you, Jimmy and I swear by these things. They send us samples all the time, so I don't have to order as many. I'm just really, I'm lucky like that. And um, boy, they're delicious. I'm, I'm, it, think about eating a Snickers bar that's good for you. That's what it's like. It's better than a Snickers bar, though. And they got all these kick-ass flavors. You got to go try Built Bar, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off that order. They have been a sponsor now for at least a year. And so I'm telling you, I've, I've seen them advertise on all these other big cable news networks, and uh, they, they're taking off. Go check them out. They've been with Locked On, though, for a long time, so we appreciate them so much because they've blown up, and uh, they're really, really good. They're covered in chocolate. They're good to maintain or to lose weight, and um, they, they're they just great. they got, like, 24 different flavors. You can't go wrong. I always choose the carrot cake, but, you know, you do you. Whatever you feel froggy about, you go get it. BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15. Esther, um, yeah, that was cool. I mean, usually everything's so kind of jokey around here. I thought that was really cool. I, I'm so happy you brought that up. And um, I really did not know that uh, about uh, about Fluff. Can I call him Fluff? Was he okay with that? Oh, of course. He would He would <laughs> love that. Okay. Um, I guess... <laughs> You know, I was going to get you to tell me your favorite Luke story, but I think you've you've kind of done that already. And I, I don't want to just so what I do want to know, and this is one thing that I've thought about. Um, what exactly, what can Alabama fans do, especially students, right? Because that's that's who's going to need to pick up um, where he left off here. Unfortunately, is and I don't think one person can do what he did. I think it's going to take a village. I really think it's going to take. A lot of students with a passion for the game, a true, genuine passion for the game, and and to you know be able to stand next to uh, the basketball team, especially win, lose, or draw, and uh, you know just be fired up and be respectful. But it's going to take. I don't think one person can do the job he was doing. I think he was he was bigger than that. He's left a literal and figurative huge void in that student section. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I I remember 
Alabama basketball when I was an undergrad before Luke. Um, and it was, it was pretty abysmal. I mean, I, and I admittedly barely went to any basketball games when I was an undergrad. So I am no better. I'm not here to, to shame anyone. And then I remember you were asking kind of, you know, what might be my favorite Luke story. I remember the night that Alabama was playing Auburn or Auburn was, you know, in town at Coleman. We were playing and Luke got called out of the stands to go down on the court to do a um, halftime promo. And he was wearing the FBI jacket. (laughs) And he, I mean, no one really knew this, but I worked in marketing at the time for athletics and I remember, you know, whoever in our in our team had chosen him to come down onto the court and, you know, do the promotion, he was wearing the jacket. He went back and sat in the stands and, you know, did his you know, normal routine um, that we all know and love. But I remember the next morning at marketing, we got in so much trouble because obviously the the optics on one of our fans wearing an FBI jacket when Auburn was in town <laughs> and under all of those um, – under all that scrutiny, it obviously didn't look good. And, you know, we, we moved past it since then because – so obviously we moved past that. But um, it, it made me laugh because I was standing off in the tunnel when Luke came off of the, of the court after doing the promo. And I remember he wasn't even speaking to me. He was kind of just, you know, dropping his famous one-liners. And he was just shaking his head and had the biggest smile on his face with those glasses on. And he was like, it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter (laughs) of time. Um, But kind of like you said, in terms of someone picking up that, that slack and that, that weight that he pulled, I, I don't think it's possible because from the moment, you know, at that game that I first remember him, obviously he was there, you know, a few games before that, because this is, you know, middle to end of the SEC season, but his impact from that year to this year is insurmountable. I mean, you can't measure it because we went from having a non-existent student section and no fans in attendance at basketball games to, you know, a packed student uh, student section where the students this year were all tweeting about how they couldn't get tickets and they were fighting over them and, you know, paying outrageous amounts of money to attend a basketball game, which has, like, never happened in the history of Alabama sports ever. And, um, I, yeah, I, I think, I think it, there's a lot to kind of um, look at there because I think Luke genuinely loves basketball and not that any of the other students don't. I absolutely believe that they do. It, I mean, it's a fantastic sport. I don't know why anyone wouldn't enjoy it, but that is that is the thing in in life that makes that made him the happiest, and so I think it was so easy for him and so effortless for him to lead that student section and to create the environment that he did because it was it was important to him and it was you know what he wanted to see and I just don't know if without him that that would have happened and that you know it will continue. I definitely think the students are gonna. Um, you know, band together and, you know, kind of honor his legacy by keeping Crimson Chaos alive. But in terms of there being a singular symbol or face like he was, you know, it's, he's irreplaceable in, in, in many ways. And I think, to your point, that's, that's a large one. And so in terms of what they can do, you know, I think 
just, I mean, obviously working with basketball, I mean, I think Luke did a lot of outreach to athletics and to the team in general to kind of, you know, make ideas that, you know, they thought would attract students and really um, argue and uh, kind of fight for better seating and things like that. And so I think the way that the students can, you know, kind of honor his legacy is, you know, just making sure that they're continuing those channels of communication so that just because, you know, Luke isn't necessarily the the gang leader, that that doesn't mean that kind of all of his hard work goes, you know, unnoticed or just kind of starts to, you know, trickle off because, you know, there wasn't a, a, a masthead like he was. So, it's, it's a tall task. I don't envy them, and I'm sure they, you know, all the students who were close to him and attended a lot of the games, you know, feel that weight. But um, I think it's possible. But I agree. I don't think it's like a one-person job anymore. Well, Esther, um, you did an amazing job talking about and, and uh, remembering Luke Ratliff here. I am conflicted about putting this podcast out because I'm afraid that if anybody – associated with the Locked On Network hears it, they will wonder why in the hell they gave Jimmy and me a podcast and not you. <laughs> um, I'm I'm complete. I, I'm like, she is so much better than me at this. And uh, Oh, stop. No. You are a, you're, you're a, a wonder. You're a shooting star. I want to hitch my, my wagon to your star right now. If we can buy <laughs> Bitcoin and if we can buy these NFTs, I just want to buy some Esther Scott stock. So you let me know when uh, when I can do that because you were destined for big things. You were also a superstar in the sense that Jimmy tells me like you fly down from New York for all the games. What kind of what kind of bizarre badass are you? That's amazing. Yeah. So I I, I live in New York. I have always wanted to do that. I was actually a performer growing up. I was a um, theater major at Alabama. So have always dreamed of living in the city and finally got to check that bucket. But I, I grew up in Alabama. My, my heart is in the state, if not, you know, very specifically located in Tuscaloosa. And there's nothing that makes me happier. Like I, I live in the greatest city in the world, but there's nothing that makes me happier than game day in Tuscaloosa. So I pull about every string possible to get down there as much as possible. So yeah, a flight, a drive, uh, you know, haggling for tickets, whatever that looks like, I will be there. Um, I think this past um, playoff season was the first college football playoff game. So post BCS era, the, um, the Rose Bowl in Dallas was the first playoff game that Alabama has played in that I have not attended. So starting in 2015, I believe, or 2014, with um, the playoff game in New Orleans versus Ohio State that we lost in the fourth quarter. It's fine. I, I'm not over it. Um, I've been to every single one except the Rose Bowl this past year. So pretty dedicated, I'd say. No, I love that. I think that's incredible. Um, j- again, not to try and one-up, do anything like that, but I've been to every national championship Alabama's been in with some semifinals since 1992. So, because uh, oh, I was in I was in school in ninety. I was in school in ninety two. I don't. It doesn't sound like you were born in ninety two. But uh, 
Yeah, I was actually at Alabama in 92, and that that team still holds a very special place in my heart. But, uh, you know, this this current run we're on is such that, I, you know, people tell me, like, Luke, how are you, why are you going to this game? Why are you going? And I'm like, this is going to end, and I'm not going to have it end and me not experience it. That's, that's just what I'm going to do, you know. Uh, if one of my kids doesn't get braces because I had to buy playoff tickets, that's kind of on them for having crappy teeth, right? Right. So be it. Like you can, you can fix your teeth later. You can't always <laughs> watch a national championship game. Yeah, get Invisalign, man. Mow some lawns. Get an Invisalign. You'll be all right. But I, I mean, yes, you know. ex- precisely. Yeah, I, I, mean, I feel I- the exact same way. All my friends in New York, um, especially in the fall, I'm like, I need y'all to know that the next four months, like my weekends are are not for you, like they're strictly either in Tuscaloosa or I will be sitting at the bar very intently watching the TV. There is going to be no, you know, half-assed, you know, watch party. Like I will be live tweeting and, you know, vehemently watching the action. And they all just say, they're like, okay, well, we'll see Esther in like December because from September 1st to then, like she's out of commission um, because I'm, I, I'm back in Alabama. So I absolutely understand. And I, I agree one day we're going to, we're going to suck again. And at that point I can save my money then. And, you know, I will have, have seen all the highs and the lows. <laughs> and, um, until then I'm happy to go into debt for as many championship games and another round of, you know, 18, 19 championship t-shirts. Like that's just the, the plight that I've been dealt. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of hoping that if if we're going to start forgiving student debt, I'm kind of hoping Biden will throw in and anybody who's been to playoff games and has gotten into credit card debt because of that. I'm kind of I'm going to try and sneak that in as a rider to this bill. I know, I, I completely agree. <laughs> Have you been to the Ainsworth? It's tough by the out way, here for Alabama fans, it's tough out here. Have you been to the Ainsworth? I have been to the Ainsworth several yeah. times. Yeah, I've I've seen a few games there in New York, and uh, it's it's not Bryant Denny, but it's it's a pretty damn close thing. I mean, they don't put any other game on but the Alabama game on while the Alabama game's on, and I dig that. Yeah, no, I mean the whole bar turns crimson, and the the fight song whenever we score oh, plays yeah. at about a decibel of a hundred. And you can't hear yourself or you can't think any other thoughts because everything is shaking. But, I mean, that's, how, that's exactly how I want my game day bar to be. I mean, if I can't be there, I, that's what I'm, what I'm going for. Well, Esther, thank you so much for doing this. Really, really appreciate it. You didn't know me from Adam's house, Cat, and uh, you didn't have to do this. But, uh, man, I appreciate you opening up and just talking Alabama and especially about Luke Ratliff and uh, – what a special kid he was. And, um, man, we'd love to have you on again sometime. And next time we'll have Jimmy on with us too. That sounds good. More than happy to, to join back. Thanks for asking me to, to talk with you tonight. This is great. All right, everybody. Roll Tide.